This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Well, hello and welcome to the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach Podcast. I am your host, Laura Lummer, and I am super happy that you have joined me here today. I'm going to start the show off with one very quick, exciting announcement, and we'll jump right into it. So a couple of weeks ago, I posted a question in the Breast Cancer Recovery Group, which is my free Facebook group for breast cancer survivors. And I asked what the biggest dietary challenge the women in that group had. And by far, it was dealing with cutting back on sugary food. So I thought about how can I best support these women And I am happy to announce that we are going to be doing a change your relationship with sugar challenge. That challenge is going to start on Monday, June 20th, but you can register for it now by going to thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash sugar. This is a free challenge and you are going to get a workbook and videos. We have a Facebook group that you can join As you go through the challenge, you can have lots of support. We can have lots of discussion about it, and you'll receive your workbook and the access to all the videos and all the information you need by June 17th. So if you would like to change your relationship with sugar without feeling deprived, without feeling like you're missing out, then join us for this five-day sugar challenge. Go to the breastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash sugar. And I am so excited to get this started. It'll again begin on June 20th. All right. So that is the only announcement I have besides just saying to you all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me that you take the time to listen to this podcast. And thank you for the wonderful reviews. I really, really appreciate all of the listener support. So keep them coming and thank you so much. All right, so let's dig in. A couple of years ago when I was going through training for mindfulness-based stress reduction, one of the instructors for that course shared a story and it really stuck with me, that story. I remember giving it a lot of thought and I want to share it with you now because I think it really ties in nicely with today's show about making tough decisions. So the story goes that there was an old farmer who used a horse out in his fields. And one day his horse escaped into the hills. And when the farmer's neighbor sympathized with the old man over his bad luck, the farmer replied, bad luck, good luck, who knows? A week later, the horse returned with a herd of wild horses from the hills, and the neighbors congratulated the farmer on his good luck. He replied, good luck, bad luck, who knows? Then, when the farmer's son was attempting to tame one of the wild horses, he fell off its back and he broke his leg. 
Again, all the farmer's neighbors sympathized with him over his bad luck. But the farmer's reaction was, bad luck, good luck, who knows? Some weeks later, the army marched into the village and drafted every able-bodied youth they found. And when they found the farmer's son with his broken leg, they let him stay. Good luck, bad luck, who knows? After hearing that story and thinking about the circumstances in my life that I have judged as good or bad, and how my perception of those things may have changed over time, it became really clear that even though I could argue that any one of the events that happened to the farmer's life or any one that happened in my life were good or not good, but the truth is, they're just circumstances. They're actually just completely neutral sequences of events. And it's only when we begin to factor in how we think about them that they become good or bad. Now, next month will be nine years since I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was 48 years old at the time, a single parent with four kids, two of them still at home. My youngest was 12. I was seven months out of a bad marriage and doing great in every aspect of my life. I was healthy, strong, good job, great kids, great family, great friends, and so on and so on and so on. So when people heard about my diagnosis, do you think they thought it was bad? Of course they did. And of course I did. I thought it was awful. And with each bump in the road that came with the treatment plan, it became more awful. That's how I thought about it. But now nine years later, I can look back at that whole experience and see so much good, so much growth and really a completely different life than I thought I would be living at this time in my life. But I'm living it in a way that's even better than I could have imagined. So would I do it again if given the choice? Knowing how having and surviving cancer has changed my life and where it led my life? I don't know. That would not be an easy decision to make. And that's what this show is all about. When you have a cancer diagnosis, you have to make very difficult decisions. And when you're done, you have to get back to life. And that often requires very difficult decisions to be made. Cancer doesn't corner the market on tough choices. But you may have gone through your life avoiding tough decisions or making unconscious decisions, often referred to as going with the flow. And then looking back, you may resent those decisions, or you may blame someone else because you let the decisions be made, and now you're not happy with the resulting circumstances. When we're faced with the decisions we have to make while we're in treatment, it's mostly all decisions you don't want to make, because when we make a decision, we're saying, I choose this, right? That's the signal it sends. I'm choosing something by deciding on it. And when it comes to surgery and toxic treatments, who wants to choose any of those? None of us. We don't want to choose that. Just like in life, it may be tough to decide on creating change in relationships, in careers, in starting a business, or deciding to finally say the things that are on your mind, which is a big change for you and a big change in your behavior. So it's a big change for people around you. They're tough decisions because we forecast our judgment on the outcome. We don't actually know if the outcome is going to be good or bad. 
like the farmer, good, bad, who knows? Every decision is a choice to follow a certain path. And every time you choose to go with the flow or not make a conscious decision about something, you're still choosing the unwanted circumstance simply by your omission. Let me give you some examples. After a diagnosis, you're faced with deciding which doctors to go to, what part of their recommendations you'll follow, surgery, chemo, radiation, hormone therapy. Those are all choices. And here's one of the foundational rules when it comes to making decisions. Everything is an option, right? I'm sure that even in this situation, you've heard of women who chose not to go with traditional treatments, right? There are women who said, I'm not doing that treatment, and that is an option. They opted out of chemo or surgeries in favor of lifestyle modifications or alternative therapies, things that they believed would have a better outcome or at least be less overall harmful to their body. Whatever the reason, they made a conscious decision to not take a traditional path, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. This show isn't about judging decisions or outcomes. It's about talking about owning the decisions you make or don't make, because What I coach women on is living an intentional, fulfilling life and being mindful and consciously aware of your choices, your decisions, from what you decide to eat to the words you decide to use. It's all important because when you consciously make decisions for your life that move you toward being the most authentic version of you, meaning this is me, here I am, no masks, no filters, I'm not going to change my actions according to what others may think I should do or who others think I should be. You're just intentionally being you and living the life you want to live. And that is incredibly liberating. I want to read an excerpt from a workbook on decisions that was written by a life coach, Brooke Castillo. She's the founder of the Life Coach School. In this book, she talks about the difficulty her clients have in making decisions to do what they want to do versus what they think they should do. She says, my clients don't want to let people down. They don't want to go back on commitments or change their minds if others will be disappointed. So the alternative is they live a lie. They stay in jobs they don't want and relationships that aren't authentic in an attempt to control the other person's experience of them. All the while, they're suffering silently. They are sparing the other person at their own expense. Mm. I wanted to share that with you because I know it's a common reality. It's a reality that I struggle with and that I have overcome in many areas of my life, but it still comes up again and again as I navigate, as you navigate life, because life is connections and relationships and obligations. And I think when we go through cancer and we come out on the other side, that this habit of neglecting over the course of our lives, neglecting to make conscious decisions that lead to an intentional life, this gets magnified. And as we're processing all the emotions around what we've been through, what doesn't feel good anymore starts to become more intense. And when that happens, you can choose to do nothing. The decision not to act is always available to you, as I just said. But in making that choice, you're also choosing to hold on to feelings of frustration, anxiety, 
and sometimes just feeling like you're drowning. And I think that's what Brooke Castillo says when she says you're silently suffering and sparing the other person at your own expense. That's a big price to pay. So I want to give you two scenarios that I often speak with other survivors about and how making a conscious decision and owning it plays a role here. And I'll also talk about some of the things that hold us back from making difficult decisions because I want you to be aware of them and be able to look at these blocks and where they exist in your own life and the results they create for you. Then I'm going to give you a simple exercise to help you work through the decisions you need to make or want to make and what might be stopping you from doing that. Okay, number one, I hear this a lot. I didn't choose this. I'll often hear this from women who are dealing with anger and anxiety surrounding their treatment for breast cancer. They often feel victimized by the fact that they had, and I'm using air quotes here, had to go through treatment. And that they, air quotes again, have to take hormone therapy for years and deal with uncomfortable side effects from these treatments. Now, the truth is you didn't choose to have cancer, but you did choose what treatments you would allow your body to be subjected to. Even if you say, I just did what the doctor told me, I didn't have a choice. Your decision in that scenario was to do what the doctor told you to do. This is important because each of us always had a choice not to treat or not to do some of the treatments. Just as I said earlier, sometimes women make that choice. But I think it's tough for us to say, I chose to have my breasts removed. Dang it. That does not feel good to say that, right? That does not feel as good as saying, I had to have my breasts removed, right? Saying you made a decision that may have caused the disfiguration that you're not happy with, that brings up a lot of resistance, right? It's not easy to say. It's not fun to say, I chose that. And that's good. Stay there. Stay in that place. Let that resistance come up and see what happens if you can break through it. See what happens if you can begin to accept this part of the fact that, yes, you had a disease and yes, you had a choice about the treatments that you underwent. I propose that if you can shift your mentality to this way of thinking, to saying, yes, I made a decision to have my breasts removed because I believe that gave me the best chance of living a longer life. Boom. You just took back your power right there, right there. By owning that decision, you took back your power. You made an intentional decision based on what you wanted in your life, which was to live. Now, that decision may have been motivated by fear. It may have been fueled by urgency. Like, get this cancer out of me. But at the end of the day, you did choose the path of your treatment. And that's powerful. I was consulting with a woman the other day. And she was just going in circles in her mind about the different surgical options, the adjuvant treatments, and she was having a really tough time making a decision because she didn't like any of the options. And sometimes we have to accept that none of the options are what we really want, right? The outcome is what we want. We want to live, but the options we have to choose from to get to live They're not great, right? That doesn't mean we don't have a choice. 
It just means the choice we would like isn't available. But when you can see and accept that you were empowered to make the decision that got you here, now you can accept the consequences without so much resistance. And now you can begin looking for solutions. None of us can control the unexpected things that come up in life, but we always have a choice to live with intention and decisiveness. Okay, number two. I feel like I don't even want the same things from life anymore, and I just don't know what to do. In an article in Psychology Today called Uncovering Hidden Causes of Indecision, the author Kimberly Key says that from the time we're children, we are conditioned to make decisions based on what other people tell us is the right thing to do or the right way to act or the socially acceptable or politically correct choice. This conditioning goes on for so long that we begin to lose touch with our own desires, which initially drive our decisions, and then we start deciding by what we think we should do. I want to share a quote with you from her article. She says, If a child was told no to their answers and directed in all of their answers, over time, the cognitive dissonance between their desires and those of the hand that feeds them will lessen and cut them off from their desire. They may rebel and have trouble with authority and do all kinds of things to go against what others want in an attempt to be free. Yet the scar of not trusting their instincts may be so severe that they can never connect to what they want. Hmm. Right? True. So if this is true for you, as it is for so many people, and you find yourself feeling like your life is not yours yet, and you don't even know what you want your life to look like because you aren't practiced or conditioned to tune into your own desires and into your own intuition. There's a simple way to begin to strengthen your authentic decision-making power. And that is make more decisions. It seems counterintuitive, right? But start small. Make small decisions based on what you really want. Like what movie do you want to watch? What food do you want to eat? What restaurant do you want to go to? How many times have you eaten somewhere you didn't like because you thought someone else wanted to eat there? And rather than presenting a couple of ideas that sounded good to you or participating in the decision, you left it up to somebody else and you really didn't enjoy it. I have an eight-year-old granddaughter who is the love of my life, and she is the sweetest little person, and she is also a very indecisive person. She does not like to say what she wants because she thinks it might hurt someone else's feelings. So when she's with me, I deliberately have her make decisions. I mean, obviously she's eight. I present her with options, of course, but I'm trying to teach her that what she wants is not offensive. She is allowed to want what she wants. And if it's not compatible with what I want when we're doing something together, then we can find something we both agree on, or she can give me an option that I'm open to trying. But either way, I want to teach her that I'm not going to be angry or hurt. I tell her, sweet little girl, if you don't say what you want in this life, you will have to live by what everyone else tells you to do. Do you want to live like that? Or do you want to choose the things that sound good to you? And even at eight years old, she says, 
I want to choose, but I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And so we practice making small decisions to learn that other people's feelings don't get hurt by you being who you are. Now, when she's with me and I ask, what do you want to do? She might start off by saying, oh, whatever. And then she'll catch herself and she'll make a decision and she'll say, this is what I want. And I love it. I'm so proud of her. And we have some ground rules. I ask her, don't say I don't know and don't say whatever you want. Instead of saying those two things, she can say, well, I'm open to ideas. Or she can say, I don't have my heart set on something, but I know what I don't want to eat or what I don't want to watch or where I don't want to go. That way she's still practicing getting in touch with what she's thinking and feeling. And she's stating it in a way that is empowering, that's open to possibilities for her to consider rather than handing the decision off to me or to someone else. It's a small step, but every small step empowers you to take the next bigger step. And it starts to recondition the way you think about what you want versus what you think you should do. Steve Chandler, author of many books, including Reinventing Yourself, How to Become the Person You've Always Wanted to Be, he says, the more you do, the more you can do. Every conscious, confident decision you make will help you make another one. Now, I've already mentioned a couple of the stumbling blocks when it comes to making decisions, especially tough decisions. So I want to summarize them here. Three of the biggest stumbling blocks. One is the fear of being wrong, making the wrong decision. Two is the fear of someone else's reactions. And three, as I've just said, the fear of hurting someone's feelings. So the fear of being wrong takes us back to the story that I started this show with. Good, bad, who knows? When you made the decision to have a mastectomy, was that good or bad compared to making the decision of having a lumpectomy or vice versa? Who knows? No one knows because you only have the results of the decision you made. And if you made that decision based on conscious awareness and solid information, then commit to it 100%. Don't look back and question it. Just keep moving forward. Number two, the fear of someone else's reactions. I was talking with a woman the other day who is working on losing some body fat. And she tried, she over the course of years has tried many, if not every plan out there. And now she's trying intermittent fasting. And it's working remarkably well for her. But she doesn't want to tell her husband she's doing it because she's afraid his reaction will be something like, here you go again. How long is this one going to last? And so I asked her, well, what if he does react like that? How will that change how you act? One, his reaction is his own story. And you can let him have that story or you can let him know, hey, I'm a work in progress and you should be proud of how tenacious I am in searching for the right way to achieve a healthy weight that fits our lifestyle and doesn't leave me feeling deprived. I mean, she hasn't given up. She's trying things. And over the course of these years, she's found lots of things that don't work for her. Nothing wrong with that. The decisions you make for you have to feel right for you. And that's it. But you can certainly help someone else see why you've made your decision so they can understand your story rather than running off with a story of their own. When I meet women who tell me they make decisions all day long and when they get home from work, they don't want to decide on anything. On one hand, that can definitely be decision fatigue. 
And for that reason, it's important to move decision-making about their personal life to a time in the day or a day of the week when their brain is fresh and capable of making important decisions. But sometimes I can see that it's also a way of hiding from dealing with the consequences of decision-making. It can be easy to make decisions in a work environment where you have a predetermined scope of authority and you function within a hierarchy where certain people have to accept your decisions and still act professionally regardless of how they feel about it. But once you get home and there's an emotional component and unpredictable reactions might come up as a result of your decisions, you could end up being that person that Brooke Castillo is referring to in the earlier quote where you find yourself silently suffering. And number three, the fear of hurting someone's feelings. We women are so good at dancing around that, but here's the truth. If you need to address areas in your life, if you need to change or you need more transparency or a shift in the labor system in your home, and you approach that from a place of truth and self-awareness, you can't hurt anyone else's feelings. You're simply stating your needs, and that is a neutral thing. The story someone else tells themselves about why you need to change or why you need to do something new, that's how they upset themselves. So when you decide to own the direction you're going in, be clear about your reasoning why, why you've made the decision that you have. And that makes things so much easier because it doesn't leave any blank space for people to fill in with their own stuff. So now the fun stuff. How do you do this decision work? I have a little assignment for you. Three very simple steps. One, write one to three decisions that you want to make or that you have made, but you're still second guessing. Two, write all the possible options for making that decision. Let's agree that although doing nothing is an option, you're still deciding to continue living with the same circumstances if you choose that route. Number three, write all of the thoughts around each option about your concerns, your fears, your apprehensions, everything you think. Check in with yourself to see if you're judging potential outcomes as good or bad or right or wrong and that that thought is keeping you stuck from making your decision. If so, take that language out, right, wrong, good, bad, who knows, right? What you do know is the information, your own intuition, and the thoughts you have now. When you own all the thoughts and all the pieces, and you realize that you are the block, then you can also be the solution. You have that power to decide and to direct your life. And I would love to hear your thoughts and questions on the decisions you need to make to invent the life you want. So please DM me on Facebook. You can find me as Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach on Facebook, on Instagram, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach, or join my free Facebook group, the Breast Cancer Recovery Group on Facebook. And we can talk this stuff out with the support and care of like-minded survivors working to build the best lives after breast cancer. So remember, we have the sugar challenge coming up 
And you're going to love this challenge, the workbook, the videos, the recipes, the private Facebook group. It's going to be a blast. It's going to start on June 20th. And you can register now and get into the Facebook group by going to the breastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash sugar. All right. I'm going to talk to you again next week. And until then, work through those three steps to look at those decisions that are lingering and hanging out there over your head. And you're going to be so empowered to take control of them, own them, and move forward in your life. All right. I'll talk to you next week. You've put your courage to the test, laid all your doubts to rest. Your mind is clearer than before, your heart is full and wanting more, your future's at the door. Give it all you got, no hesitating, you've been This is your moment